Welcome to the Revo Podcast. Revo Church is one church in multiple locations with a vision to spark a revolution of life change through Jesus. We hope to accomplish this through our core values of love big, serve hard, live bold, grow deep, and move forward. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website at discoverrevo.com. Hey, uh, this, there's this game show that started in the early 60s, but it's making a, like a comeback. Um, it actually just had a reboot on CBS this year. Uh, and the, the game show is called uh, Let's Make a Deal. Anybody ever heard of Let's Make a Deal? So I had to look this up, but this was interesting. Started back in 1963. Here's the premise of the show. Um, there's the contestants will play various games during the show, and they'll get money. But at the end of the show, they'll have an opportunity. Uh, you can either walk home with that money that you made, or you can trade in your money for a prize behind one of three doors. Now, you don't know what's behind the door, and so you're taking a risk every time that you do it, but almost every contestant ends up taking the risk and seeing what's behind the door. So I, I looked it up, found one of the earliest episodes just to see what this was all about. And, and this guy had won about $3,000 back in the 60s, won $3,000, and uh, they asked him at the end of the show, said, do you want to take this $3,000 home with you, or do you want to see what is behind one of, of the three doors? And this guy decided that he wanted to trade his money in, and I want to pick a door. Now, he has no idea what's behind any of the doors. I fast-forwarded to the end of the video. I know what's behind all the doors. Here's what's behind the doors. Door number one, there is a case of king-size candy bars behind door number one. Behind door number two is a brand new car. Behind door number three is a trip to Hawaii, and they get to stay in Hawaii for like a week, and then he goes on like a week-long cruise from Hawaii, and then comes back and gets to stay in Hawaii again for like another week, and all the airfare, hotel, everything, accommodations are, are covered. And so those are the three doors that this dude has to choose from. And so this guy, and Matt, just, let, just take a wild guess. Which door did this loser choose? <laughs> he looks at the host and he says, I'm going to take these three bands and I want to choose door number one. And the famous saying from the host is like, show us what's behind door number one. And these big, like, garage door-style doors open up, and there's a box, a, a whole case, not of regular-sized candy bars, king-size candy bars that just cost this man $3,000. I laughed out loud when I saw it. He was not laughing. He was, he was pretty upset, uh, kicking himself for, for that. But he just, it was like, just traded out uh, for the door, whatever's behind door number one. Today, I want to talk to you about doors. Door, the word door is used over 400 times in the Bible. It's a really spiritually significant word. Anytime that, that word is used, God is trying to show people something really significant. It's not, not a, an opportunity to be taken lightly. That, the word door, uh, it's a deeply spiritual word. It, it means an opportunity. It means a choice. It's a decision to make in Scripture. And even though this is something that appeared 400 times in Scripture, this, this concept of doors is relevant for you and I today. Uh, we face doors every single day. Now, a door could be an entrance or a door could be an exit. Uh, a door could be open, which communicates you're, you're welcome, come on in. Or a door could be closed, which means stay out. This is exclusive. 
A door could be an opportunity to something greater, or, or if a door closes in front of you, it could feel like, it could feel like rejection. Uh, we face thousands of different doors in our lives every single day. Choices that we make, opportunities that God opens up for us. And so it's really prevalent for us. Now, the, the sixth church here in this list of seven uh, goes by the name of the church in, in Philadelphia. That was the, the city in which it was located in. And, and the city of Philadelphia was a, a gateway to Asia Minor. It, it was nicknamed the, the city of the door. Um, it was this concept that, that in order to get to any of the other cities in Asia Minor, you had to come through Philadelphia. This was, this was the door. Think of Philadelphia as a, a modern-day airport here in the United States. If people are flying to America from the West Coast, majority of the flights land and go through Los Angeles, right? That, that's the gateway to America from, from the West Coast is, is Los Angeles. Now, if people are flying from Europe, then a majority of the flights coming to America from Europe will stop in New York City. And so that's the gateway on this east coast of America. And then from South America, if you're coming in, most flights come through Miami. Customs in Miami, that, that is the gateway from the south. And so Philadelphia was this gateway. If you wanted to come anywhere in Asia Minor and you were traveling from outside of the region, people came in through the door of Philadelphia, the gateway that was Philly. Long before there was a Philly in Pennsylvania, there was a Philly in Asia Minor Right here in modern-day Turkey is where it's located today. And so Philadelphians would have known um, that, that that was the nickname of their city, the, the door, the gateway to Asia Minor. And so they would have grasped on to what Jesus was saying when he talks about doors in, in this letter to him, when he talks about opportunities and gateways that opened up in, in our lives. He would have understood that. Today we're going to look at Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 7, and we're going to look look at when God opens up a door. When God opens up a door. Have you ever prayed that prayer before? You ever asked God in your life to open up a door? Like, I need for you to make a way. I need for you to open a door for me. I need for you to give me an opportunity, like get, afford me this opportunity to make a decision in one way or another. Have you ever prayed to God because you got two doors in front of you and you don't know which one to take? And you're asking God, like, God, God, can you just close one? Can you just narrow the choices down for me? Or just let me know right now what is the best decision to make, whether it's a job or who you marry or where you go to school or a next step, your career, whatever those things are. You, you ever prayed that prayer before? You ever felt the anxiety of having multiple doors open? Where, where you just know, like, I, I get it, I'm going to make a choice and I'm going to walk through one of these doors and the thing that makes me nervous and anxious is I know there's a possibility that behind one of these doors is a three-week trip to Hawaii and behind the other door is a case of king-size candy bars and I really don't want candy bars right now. I want God's best. I want the blessing in my life. I want to understand and realize God's purpose. Well, if you've ever been there, Jesus speaks to this and lets this church know that there is an opportunity in front of them, this church in Philadelphia. So if you have your Bible, let's do Revelation chapter 3, starting in verse 7. You can pull them in your Bible or you can use the app. If you have it, you can check out the words on the screen. Uh, here's, here's what it says. To the angel of the church in West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground. Okay. Okay. Y'all ain't been saved long. I like that. 
First service, I did not get much interaction right there. So had to work that in. That's not what the Bible says. Like, what version are you reading? Uh, here's the NIV. Uh, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, these are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the keys of David. When he opened, what he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Do you catch that metaphor that Jesus is, is doing here? Like he's teasing out this idea, using these words to grab the attention of this city that is a doorway, that is a gateway. He's using words like, I have the keys to the lock. I know how to open things that no one else can open. I know how to close things that no one else knows, knows how to close. And that's what Jesus communicates here. He says to this church, there are going to be opportunities for you to seize. There's going to be choices for you to make. There's going to be doors that appear in your life, and you've got to make a decision whether you're going to walk through them and choose them or not. God gives us open doors, and God closes doors in our lives for, for various reasons. So here's the, the first thing that we've got to remember is, is this. The, the, the question is not, is God going to open up doors in my life? That, that's already been stated there. Jesus already says, I'm going to do that. The real question for us is not, is God going to open up a door in my life? The real question is, are you going to be able to know when God opens a door in your life? Can you tell the difference between a door that is opened by God and a door that is opened by someone or something else? Get in that mindset as Jesus says, when, church, are you going to walk through the door? Are you going to take the risk? Are you going to seize the opportunity? Are you going to see what's in front of you right now and walk forward, walk through this door, even though you don't know what's on the other side of the door? God says, I'm going to open up things and I'm going to close things for you. In, in, in verse 8, he continues. He just says, here's the opportunity you have. He says, I know your deeds. See I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. Maybe Jesus throws here to, you've been praying for a door to be open. You've been praying for an opportunity for a long time. And like, honestly, you're a little bit weary, right? I know that you don't have the strength. I know you're worn out. You've been asking, which way do I go? And what decision do I make? And is this what God would have for me? And that might be a struggle that you find yourself in right now. And Jesus makes it very clear. Like, I see what you're going through and I am going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to open up a door. Jesus knew something here about this church that is the same for, for you and I today. Jesus knew that this church was located in a strategic city filled with strategic people at a very strategic time in history. And God said, all of those things together, I'm getting ready to give you an opportunity to maximize your impact where I've called you to. Did you know that the same thing that Jesus wrote to this church in Philadelphia is the same opportunity that you and I have today. Did you know you're not here by accident? That, that you're not in this city, in this church, at this time. This is a strategic place. Your friends, your family, your neighbors, your resources, your time, like everything you have, God says, I've given you this for a time like this. I'm going to open up opportunities. You're going to have doors. There are choices coming your way. And all of this plan comes together that God has been orchestrating the whole time. I don't want you to think that anything that you're going through right now is meaningless or insignificant. Jesus said, he doesn't, he's not specific in when it's going to happen or what it's going to look like, but, but Jesus says, he's like, you're going to have a door. And I'm telling you, 
it's going to be an opportunity. And I want you to miss it. I don't want you to treat it like, oh, you know, it's just Tuesday morning. Nothing exciting happens on Tuesday morning. Or, oh, it's just a relationship with my kids or my spouse. Or, you know, it's just a conversation at work or a random person I saw at the restaurant or at a coffee shop. All of it matters. All of it could be an open door that God is giving us. He's he's really clear with the church. He says, I am getting ready to give you an opportunity. Please, please don't miss it. I think that's even why Jesus tells them this ahead of time. He doesn't want them to miss this door. And so he says, hey, heads up, you're going to have an opportunity. I'm going to open up doors in front of you. So be ready, be on the lookout for those things. Jesus makes it clear to them that doors are gonna open up in their life and that brings about a whole new set of problems. Uh, I want you to write this this first thing down if you're taking notes and I hope you are. Uh, Here's number one. Number one thing Jesus teaches about doors is this. Um, Not every door, not every open door is from God. Did you know that? Sometimes I'll I'll be in conversation with people and they'll say, well, you know, this this door opened up at work or this door opened up with a relationship. And I mean, right, I mean, the door's open, right? So I'm just going to walk through it. It must be God, right? Well, if you read your Bible, you'll understand that God is not the only one that opens up doors in your life. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. There are some doors that God opens up for you. I I think about an opportunity from God. Sometimes a door can be an opportunity from God. This happened in the life of Paul. Um, When the Apostle Paul went to the city of Corinth and planted a church there and then later wrote the letters of 1 and 2 Corinthians, he mentioned something specifically about a door that God opened up for him. In 1 Corinthians 16, 9, it reads like this, a huge door of opportunity for good work has opened up here. Like Paul was excited about it. He says, man, we are here in this city and God is just throwing it in our laps, man. It is, there's so much potential to what we're doing here. This church in this city with you and, 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 and our message to those people, oh, this is so good. Paul knew this door was an opportunity from God. So not only can doors be opportunities from God, but here's the downside. Uh, some opportunities, some doors can actually serve as distractions from other people. Some of the things, the decisions you make or the opportunities that you're given will actually distract you from the real doors that God has called you to walk through. So you gotta be careful with that. When I think about distractions, I think about the book of Nehemiah. Uh, God told Nehemiah to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem to fortify the whole city. And this guy was making progress. Man, he's an incredible leader, an incredible manager of large groups of people. And, but there were some people around the city that did not want to see the city rebuilt. They didn't want to see the walls fortified so that the city could prosper again. So these three people, Nehemiah's up here building the wall. If you never read Nehemiah, it's a great book. It says he's got a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other hand because he's having to go to war and build the wall at the same time. Really exciting book. But there are these three people that, that send a message to Nehemiah. They, they want him to co- stop working on the wall and come down. And they want to distract him from it. And they say, why don't you come down off the wall for a few days? We'll, we'll hang out. We'll talk. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk about what, what we can do in the city. And they wanted to distract Nehemiah from the work that God had called him to. Here's how Nehemiah responded in chapter 6. He said, I sent messengers to them. I love that. Nehemiah's like, I, I don't even have time to meet them myself. Just write this down. I'm going to keep building the wall. I sent messengers to them with this reply. I'm doing an important work right now. Why should I... Stop the work so that I can come down and see you. Nehemiah was crystal clear 
on the, the plan that God had given him in his life. And he was not going to allow another open door from someone else to serve as a distraction. Do you understand the difference between the, the doors that God opens for you and the doors that can serve as a distraction that will pull you away from the life and the calling that God has placed on your life? The final door might, might be the most discouraging door. It's a door that, that Jesus faced. Sometimes doors are opened up in your life that serve as a trap door from Satan. When Jesus first started his ministry, uh, he went to the desert 40 days, fasted, prayed, spent time with God, getting his mind and his heart and his soul right, moving towards what God called him to do. At the end of 40 days, scripture says that Satan came to him and tempted him three different times, trying to set a trap for him to sidetrack God's plan and purpose for his life. Jesus overcame the temptation all three times. In the last verse in the story, it says, Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap. To me, this door that you've opened up is a trap. Like it's setting me up for pain and failure. So you are looking at things merely from a human viewpoint and not from God's. So do you know the difference between a trap door from Satan and an open door from God? God is not the only one that will open up doors in your life. And if you don't know how to hear God and understand God's voice when everyone else is talking, then you'll end up walking through the wrong door. If God is not the only one that opens up doors, number one, then that leads kind of to the second point. Uh, number two, just because a door is open doesn't mean that you should walk through it. Just because a door in your life opens up doesn't mean you should walk through it. Some doors in our lives that are open up are to our detriment, while some are to our development. Some doors in our life will serve as obstacles for us later on, while other doors that we walk through are opportunities that we can seize that God opens up in various ways. Jesus says, I am going to open up doors for you, but I am not the only one in your life that is going to open up a door. So know the difference. Know the difference between a good idea and a God idea. Know the difference between a door opened up by God in a door that's opened up by someone else. Uh, this is a lesson that I teach with our staff team. Um, I haven't done it uh, in a while, but uh, I'll teach oftentimes people on our staff um, will say, how do you know what God is calling you to do? How do you know choices to make, uh, doors to walk through and open up? And a few years ago, we had a, a girl on our kids' ministry staff, and um, she was sitting in my office, and she said, I got this opportunity, and I don't know if I should take it or not, but it's an open door. And I've always just thought, well, when a door opens, then, then you take it. You, you walk through it, and that's the way that God moves. And so we're sitting in my office, and, and she's, she's pouring her heart out. She's talking to me, and I said, hey, we, I, I need to go run and go get something down the hall. Will you, will you walk with me? And so we're walking down the hall back here. She has not stopped talking. She's pouring her heart out. She's convinced that this is the right thing to do. This is a door that has opened up. And I walk, and right around the corner here, I stop right in front of the men's bathroom. And uh, when we stop, I open up the door with my hand, and I just stand there like this. The door's open. And without missing a beat, this girl walks straight into the men's bathroom. I walk into the men's bathroom I closed the door behind her. She's still going strong, still talking. I interrupt her. I said, hey, what are you doing in here? And then it dawned on her that we're standing in the men's bathroom together. And she said, well, you opened up the door, and it was standing there open, and so I thought that was 
what I was supposed to do. I said, you opened up the door. We were talking, so I walked through it. I said, well, first of all, I need to use the bathroom. Second of all, lesson of the day, just because the door is open doesn't mean you should walk through it. So, fellas, if you walk out of here and for some reason the girl's bathroom door is propped open, don't walk through it, okay? I know we're in North Carolina, but come on. (laughs) Don't walk through it. Just because the door opens doesn't mean you have to walk through it. You have to know what doors to walk through and what doors not to walk through. Do you know? Can you determine the difference between God's voice and the, 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 the doors that Jesus says to this church, I'm going to open up a door for you, but here's the problem. There's going to be a lot of other doors that open up for you as well. So you better know which one is me and which one is someone else. Just because a door opens up does not mean that you have to walk through it. Some of them are distractions, some of them are traps, and some of them are godly opportunities. Do you know the difference? Third thing uh, that I want to write down is, is found in verse 9. Jesus continues this. He says, um, I, I, I will make those who are the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Jesus tells this church, hey, there, there are some people in the city of Philadelphia that are not on Team Jesus. They don't like you. Some of them are liars. They claim to be Christians or they, they claim to be religious, but they are not. And they're bad-mouthing you and they are your enemies. Like they're, they're fighting against you right now. But he said, but listen, because they chose to walk through one door, uh, there's going to be consequences for those things. And because you chose to walk through a different door, you're going to have a different set of consequences. The third thing that I want to remind you of, so important, this is the whole reason why we're talking about doors. Some of you are like, why are we talking about doors? Like, why are we talking about decisions? Really? Are we really talking about this this morning? Here's the third thing. Your future will be determined by what doors you choose to walk past and what doors you choose to walk through. The decisions, the choices that you make today will absolutely impact your future. The doors that you choose to walk through and the open doors that you see, and you're like, nope, gonna keep on walking past that. That is not the the, the route that I need to go. Those decisions today, they seem little, they seem insignificant. Maybe they seem light, but they will impact your future. They will have an impact. See, Jesus says, there are some people in your city that made some very different decisions than you. They walked through some very different doors than you did. And you know what? They have something coming to them that is very different than your future. He explained, Jesus comes down on this fact that every day these decisions matter. Every day, your obedience, your faithfulness, your willingness to have a conversation, to to be bold with your faith, to have an influence on your neighbors and your friends, you never know what doors God is going to open up today that are going to impact the future in a significant way. Your faithfulness today will impact your family tomorrow. Your obedience today will determine your obstacles and your opportunities tomorrow. So do you know which doors that you need to walk past and know which doors you need to walk through? Because those absolutely will affect your future. Your finances, your family, your walk with God, your, your neighbors, your friends. Do you know how to discern those doors? Do you know what it means to walk through that in faithfulness and obedience when God places one in front of you? Last verse. 
Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Here, God says something that's happened in your life, it's happened in my life. Sometimes we get frustrated and aggravated when God does that, but he has a plan, he has a purpose behind it. The last one is this, sometimes God closes a door for our protection. See, what Jesus says here is there is something that is going to face the people that are far from God. But here's what Jesus said, but I'm going to close that door off so that you won't have to face that. You won't have the same consequences. You won't have the same hardships. You won't have the same future that they have. Now, oftentimes for us, uh, when, when God closes a door, we get frustrated. And maybe there's been times in your life when God closed a door and uh, you did everything you could to try to get that door open. You tried to kick it down. You tried to pick the lock. Uh, you tried to beat on the door and cry and ask God why he wouldn't open it up. But you and I have to understand the reasons why God closes a door. Here he says, I'm going to close a door for you, and it's for your protection. There are times in your life when Jesus will close a door for your own protection. And you don't know it yet. You don't see the future. You don't know where that relationship is headed. You don't know where that job is going to take you. Like you don't know the things that God is protecting you from. And so when he closes a door, instead of trying to force it open or break the door or jam the lock or cry on the other side of the door, understand that sometimes God closes a door to protect you. There are other times when God closes a door in our lives to redirect us and get us back on the right path. Man, I've been so thankful in my life where I was headed in the wrong direction, doing the wrong thing, rolling with the wrong people, and God closed the door and helped me to understand, hey, Nathan, that you need to turn around. <laughs> you, don't, you don't understand, Nathan. On the other side of that door, you don't wanna go there. You don't want what that has. You don't want that pain. You don't want that shame. You don't want that hardship. You don't want that life that's on the other side of the door. Nathan, I'm gonna shut that door. You can thank me later. And there's been times where I've kicked the door where I can't figure out why the door has been closed. But I've, I've had the benefit of being uh, alive long enough, and this is probably for some of you too, that I can look back on some of the doors that God closed and I'm like, God, thank you for closing that door. Thank you for not listening to me when I ask you to open up that door. Man, got saved from so much. Some, who in the world would ever want that door to be open? I'm glad I didn't, God. Thanks for keeping it closed. Sometimes God closes us to redirect us to keep our lives from going on the wrong path. Another reason why God closes doors is that closed doors are sometimes a test for our faith and our obedience. Sometimes we'll pray a prayer and we'll ask God and the answer is not yet or it's later and and what God does is he uses those times to shape our faith. Because it's easy to follow a God that gives you everything you want, when you want it, as much as you want. But it takes a man or a woman of great faith to follow a God that they don't always understand, that doesn't give them everything on demand like a genie in a bottle. It takes a person of faith to understand that God knows more, sees more, and has a plan. And if God shuts the door, then it's for my good. There's something going on that God wants to develop inside of me before that door opens up. Maybe the shut door right now is an opportunity for you to prove to God that even when he says no, even when you don't understand, even when you don't get your way, then you're still going to choose to worship. You're still going to be faithful. 
you're still gonna hold true. You're still gonna trust. You're still gonna know that God loves you even when it feels like you're on the outside of the door. The last reason that a door is closed, this is a tough one. God will often close a door to help us learn contentment. Sometimes we pray for something, ask for something, want God to open up a door for us. And God's response is, I don't want you to walk into what I have next for you until you learn how to be content with what I've given you right now. I don't want to give you more until you're willing to acknowledge that what you have right now is a blessing from me. Because here's what I've learned about contentment. If you don't learn to be content with a little, you won't be content with a lot. It'll never be enough. You'll always be asking for more, more doors, more opportunities, more chances, more money, more job, more riches, more fame, more glory. It'll never be enough. So sometimes God says, we're just going to wait right here. And before another door is opened, I want to teach you how to be thankful, how to be grateful, how to be content with the amazing things that God has already done in your life, the ways that he's already provided. And I'd love to get to a point in our lives where when we saw a door closed in our face, instead of jumping to uh, rejection or loss or anger or frustration, or let me figure out how I can like, get this door and wiggle it open and pick the lock. What if we took a step back and said, thank you, God. Thanks for protecting me. Thanks for teaching me. Thanks for molding me into the man or the woman that you want me to be. Thanks for redirecting my path so that I can get back on the purpose and the plan that you have for me. Thank you for saving me from something that I didn't even see myself. Jesus said, I'm going to open up doors for you. And now for you and me, we got to learn not only how to see the doors that God has opened, but do you think you have the boldness and the courage to walk through the doors that God opens up? I gotta be honest, I cringe at the amount of doors that God has opened up for me uh, that I didn't have the courage to walk through. Conversations with neighbors and friends, family, coworkers, that, that maybe God said today is the day they're gonna give their life to Jesus. They are ready to hear it. And like, if you just say Jesus, they're gonna start crying and give their life to Jesus. They're gonna ask you, like, help me to know how to give my life to Jesus. All right, Nathan, here's your door. It was flung wide open. And because they either was distracted or I couldn't see it or I wasn't looking or I saw it and I'm just like, that's gonna make me uncomfortable. That's gonna cause me to be bold. That's gonna cause me to take a risk. I walked right by a door that God opened up for me that would not have only blessed me, but would have impacted someone's life way beyond me. Too many times I've walked past those doors. But I am thankful for God's grace because for some reason, he continues to open up doors for each and every one of us every day. And despite our past failures, God says, I'll open it up again. I'll give you another chance. You want to see somebody's life changed by Jesus? I'll give you another chance. You want to be a part of it? You want to experience the blessing? I'll give you another chance. I'll open up another door. Uh, I'm thankful for that. Thankful for the grace that God gives, the forgiveness that he provides to, to you and I when he opens up doors and we walk right past them. Jesus uh, actually called himself a door one time, which Jesus had a lot of names and nicknames and was called a lot of things, but door was one of the more important ones. In John chapter 10, verse seven, Jesus said, I am the door. He says, I am the gate. 
Here was the image that Jesus was portraying. On one side of this fence that has a gate on it is God. It's all of the promises of God. It's the love of God, the fullness of God, the purpose of God, eternity with God in heaven. It's on this side. And, and Jesus said, on this side of the fence are, are people like you and me. We're sinners. We're far from God. We, we cannot get to God on our own. We, we don't know how to get there. We're on separated by this fence, by this chasm created by our own sin. But Jesus comes in in John chapter 10 and says, I got some good news. If you want to get from where you are to what God has for your life, not only right now, but for eternity, there's a gate and it's me. And I want to remind you that there is no other way to get from one side of the gate to the other. You can't jump the gate. You can't dig under the gate. You can't slip through the gate. Scripture says that there's only one way. And Jesus says, I am the way. I am the door. Maybe that's you this morning. That you're realizing right now that God has placed an open door in front of your life. And you have the opportunity to walk through it and experience what he has for you. Or maybe like many times before, you can walk by it and continue to miss out on the purpose. As of right now, God says the door is open. Maybe that's the door you need to walk through today to make that decision to take your first step in a relationship with God by getting, beginning that relationship with Jesus. Hey, if that's you, on that same card that I talked about earlier, you can mark, I, I wanna make a decision for Jesus. One of our staff will be in touch with you this week. You can fill it out online as well. We'd love to connect with you and help you to know how to get from where you are to walking through the door and experiencing the future that God has for you. Do you know what God has called you to? If you don't know your purpose, then distractions will begin to look like opportunities. Be focused on who God's called you to be, walking through the right doors and walking into the purpose that God has for you and for me today. Jesus says there is a door this morning that is open. I hope you won't miss it. Let me pray for you. God, thanks for this letter that you preserved. I thank you for this incredible promise that you are opening up doors for the church then and you're opening up doors for us today. Every day there are doors open and it, it's, it's just because of your goodness and your love and your grace and your kindness that doors continue to be opened because we have blown it so many times. And so God, I just pray right now for the people in the room watching online, God, that you would give us the wisdom to know what to do with the words that we just heard. That you would give us the discernment to know doors and opportunities that were opened by you for our benefit and for your glory and the doors that are distracting us and trapping us and pushing us away from the life and the purpose that you've called us to. God, give us that clarity and give us the boldness and the courage to take our next step today. Everyone has a next step to take. God, help us to take it right now, realizing the promise and the goodness that lies on the other side of a yes in obedience to you. I pray and ask those things boldly in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Revo Podcast. We believe everyone has a next step to take in their relationship with Jesus. If you would like more information on what that means for you, or if you have any questions about today's message, please email us at info at discoverrevo.com.